Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 201st episode of the Hungry Games podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy, sexy legends at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8Bits. And joining me today, the brain to my pinky, my podcast ride or die. We're talking about Miss Ellie Hart. You can find her at Miss Ellie Hart. How you doing today, Miss Ellie Hart? Narf. Uh, although I'm brain, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you know they're going to remake Animaniacs? Really? Yeah, they were going to bring it back. Will Hello. it hold up in the 2020s? I think I, not. You don't think so? Nah. I, as part of me really secretly hopes that it does because it was just so good. And I think it explains a lot about our generation growing up with that because there was a lot of like adult humor in there. Mm-hmm. So, I 100%. don't know. I wonder if they're still living in that water tower. It'd have to be, wouldn't they? I don't I remember so. our last episode or finale, so. Yeah, I don't mm. know. I just wonder when they try and pull a lot of these nostalgia hooks through to present day, they don't usually translate. So I don't have the highest of hopes, but mm. who knows? Maybe uh, maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe. Mm. What have you been surprised by this week? What's been going on? I'm not going to surprise everyone. I've been playing Destiny, so I'm going to cut straight up that out. Um, but... I have actually been watching a TV show that obviously everyone else has watched and finished and I th- is I think it's over. It's um, Better Call Saul. There's one one last season to go. So that it's oh, been renewed there? for a sixth and final season, yeah. And I think it's coming out next year, oh. if, I recall, if I recall. Yeah, so this is my first round. I finished season one already and I'm currently at the start-ish of season two. Kind of binged that in one week, really, but... It's like, I know a lot of people are probably like, no, duh, but it's really good. Um, I'm genuinely surprised I liked it. Full full disclosures too for the listeners, you have not watched Breaking Bad as well. That's, so this is your first yeah. foray into that whole universe. So really, really you're going is. in blind. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I kind of double checked. I'm like, is it okay that I've, I watched this first before Breaking Bad? And everyone seems to think it will be fine. Um, they'll say that once time comes for me watching Breaking Bad, I'll see a lot of characters mm-hmm. in this, you know, reappear there. But, like, I mean, I'm in no rush to see um, Breaking Bad because I know the ending, unfortunately. Well, that sucks. I mean, like, to be fair, like, it's been out and done for a few years now, so, you know, it's going to happen. But I think I actually found out what happened at the end, probably more closer to time of when it happened. But, oh, well. I mean, everyone says it's a great show, so I'm sure it'll stand on its own feet regardless of me knowing how it ends. 100%. You knowing that Walter White and his family go to Disneyland at the end of that show is, is not a bad thing, you know? It's it's a great great sort of wrapping up of a, a very epic epic series and I'm excited for you to see the evolution of uh, Jimmy McGill to, to Saul Goodman over the years yeah. and, and see how he becomes, you know, who he is that we, we meet and deal with in Breaking Bad. It's such a good show. Yes. The acting's great. The writing's great, and just obviously that it's sort of in that '90s era. It's it's so cool just seeing how some of the things are back then, and just the little nuances. Yeah, it's and what's really weird is um Bob Odenkirk. I think is that how I, you say his Bang name? Bang on yeah? the money. Um, the reason I knew who he was was because of Tim and Eric. Like that really? was my yeah, like that was my first like like ever a sign of seeing him and he's always playing like wacky characters and stuff so then to see him in this pretty like you know semi-serious role but like played so well so professionally like it's crazy and like i'm also seeing actors in it like that um oh he's the character in gta um oh trevor yeah he was in it and i'm it's, I'm just really enjoying it. It's paced perfectly for me. There's no, like, dwelling on certain stories or certain segments. It just, you know, it gives you what you need and gets on to the right net, like, right to the next part. So this is one of those, yes, everyone, you are right. I should have been watching this show. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you got to listen to the people sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, and and John Jonathan Banks is is Mike Mike Ermintrout. I love him. And, um, <laughs> just seeing how he came to be and getting like some of his backstory weaved in because obviously mm. he's one of the key the key characters in in Better Call Saul, but he's more of a bit bit player in Breaking Bad. It's cool that they flesh him out and sort of show his motivations and and what he's working through. And oh, it's so good. It's, it's so really good. Good. So anyone else that has been kind of like me and just haven't watched it definitely jump on board it's just it's been really really good so good, good man so good what have you been up to i've been doing similar i've i've been watching well i've been re-watching a show i really love called happy endings which is a, a comedy <laughs> show yes ha 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 <laughs> it's a comedy show that sort of um aired in the like the early early 2010s i think it started in 2011 went for three seasons got cancelled it was done by David Caspian and Jonathan Groff, who was one of the showrunners on Scrubs. So oh. it's got that sort of sort of comedic tone to it. A couple of lead actors. It's got like um, uh, Alicia, uh, Alicia, Elisha Cuthbert or Alicia oh, Cuthbert. Okay. I'm, I'm still never too sure how you pronounce her first name. I think it was Elisha Cuthbert. She's married to Dion Phaneuf now, a hockey player. Uh, Damon Wayans Jr. is in there. And then like Eliza Coop is, mm-hmm. is one of the other leads. And it's it's sort of almost like... Our generation's friends is how I compare it. Like it's it's oh. six people, very similar similar roles and typecasting as the the six leads from Friends. But like for for, for our generation, it feels like. But it's got mm-hmm. that, it's got it's got that sort of Scrubs comedic style. A lot of flashbacks, a lot of like um you know rapid cutaways to oh you did this time when it plays through and it's oh. but it's it's just so fun and it's it's got a lot of heart to it and um. Really enjoying binging that again. It's it's just great. Fifty seven episodes. Got canned after three seasons, which was a bit of a poo because it was was a good show to watch and um, it's been a welcome distraction. Just sort of the late night TV just before bed type of thing. Smack out mm-hmm. a few a few episodes back to back and then go to bed. But um, really really enjoying my time with that. And uh, I thought I'd sort of set a challenge moving forward where at least every two weeks, but ideally I want to try and play a new game every week. Is the yeah. plan. And, and I thought I'll start combing through the Xbox Game Pass archives. That's probably the smarter way to do it. <laughs> that always helps. And so I, I've started looking through some of there and um, there was a game that dropped on there in the last couple of weeks called Night Call. Yeah. And, and so it's a game, it's been out on Steam for just about a year now where you play this taxi driver in, in Paris. It's, it's filmed very like neo-noir. It's all black and white with just a little smattering of yellow. I guess it sort of marries into the, the taxi colors as, as people know of them for. And uh, yeah, you're this taxi driver who had, had a fair one night um, and it's this serial killer you don't know called The Judge and he kills your passenger and like brutally wounds you and you wake up in a coma and then you're sort of um, trying to get back to normal life and then you start driving your cab again as you recover but at the same time, then you're trying to then work out who this serial killer is. And, and so you're driving your cab around, picking up all these random people around Paris. And you've got like dialogue trees where you can sort of dig deeper, talk through, get more information. Maybe someone has seen something or it's just random nothings where you just befriend these people and you know talk about their lives. So you're sort of seeing all these people from all these walks of life come together in this cab. And you're, just, you're literally just this dude cruising around Paris, dropping them from point A to point B. But... You're getting snippets of their life, what's happening in Paris, maybe something to do with this serial killer. So it's like this real cool social study in there as well where you're seeing Mm -hmm. rich people, poor people, people from all walks of life getting into this cab and and showing their vulnerabilities. And then you're almost like a psychiatrist in a way with the cab driver. You can choose to try and like confide it, like talk them through it and make them feel better or just ignore them or be a real prick and whatever else. So it's kind of cool that you're having all these little stories thrown at you at once. And then um, to make matters worse, the, the there's like a, a lady within the police force who, who sort of knows of your history. I'm not going to really say anything more than that, but she sort of says, you need to help me find this killer. So she's given you a certain amount of time to, to, to follow up these respective leads that you then end up conveniently, they all need taxis at the same time as well. So you, you're taking <laughs> these suspects around and trying to probe them for information real subtly as well. But if you get fired, obviously the game's over because you've got no no use to the policewoman anymore. And so it's kind of cool. Like it, it's, I think there's five different stories you can play through. I've played through the first two where you, you're trying to yeah, hunt down these killers and, and these, you know, closing off these storylines. But 
really really interesting the first the first um one with the judge it took about three maybe three and a half hours and it plays out over seven nights mm-hmm. and in those seven nights you've got obviously you've got to keep your cab fueled for one but that's that's pretty pretty minor it seems to get some good mileage on the old taxi but you've got a certain amount of energy so you can only pick up x amount of fares per night and each fare obviously takes time so you sort of got to be strategic in where you are on the map who you're going to see and then obviously how you're going to try and talk with them because if you you say the wrong thing you know they might tell you to piss off and not really speak for the rest of the trip so it's sort of you know a bit of cat and mouse and a bit a bit of strategy with how you approach these situations but really simple interface, like it's sort of like three panels it's broken up in the taxi. You've got like the, the panel at the top sort of showing your, your rider. The panel in the middle is yourself driving the cab and the bottom is just like the, the dialogue and the, the, the vocals that are, oh, not the vocals, the wording that's coming through. And then outside of that, you've got a like a map hub that looks like, um, like as if you pause the game in GTA, it sort of looks exactly like that, but just picture yeah. it black and gray with yellow splats through it. So um. Yeah, really cool, really cool, really different. Like Monkey Moon and Black Muffin are the the studios behind it. A couple of small up and coming indies. As I said, it's it's been out on Steam for about twelve months now, and now mm-hmm. it's just hit uh, Xbox Game Pass. Available, obviously, included in that bundle. So um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Something really different than what I played lately. Yeah, I, I must say, you piqued my interest. Like that kind of like detective mystery, connect the dots kind of element is very um very something I'm inter- interested in. So I might have to look at this. Thank God it's on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, Xbox Game Pass. And, and you can obviously, you don't have to, like it'll carry your save through. So if you're playing for a bit and you've got to go do some things, you aren't sort of hamstrung to restart the game again. It'll, it'll save at certain key moments. And uh, on that detective side of it, when you finish your shift every night, you go back to your apartment and you've got like the big, uh, the cork board that you see in a lot of these Charlie games. Day. Yeah. And then um, you've got all the little clues and things you've picked up along the way and you can sort of join them all together to try and build the case. So you end up having like all this string across this board with, you know, hit points about these murders that are taking place and the the, the handful of suspects and where they fall into it and, and whatnot. But it was good because at the end of it, after that seven seven nights you actually have to tell the police policewoman who you think the the murderer is so you could get that right or wrong i luckily got it right because i'm a pretty badass taxi detective but uh i was a bit hesitant when i when i named this person to the policewoman i thought man if i fuck this up wonder what's going to happen but i thought that's kind of cool then too to see how it might play out if you give them the the wrong answer but nailed Mm -hmm. it felt good watched it play out and yeah it was really real really well done really simple Mm-hmm. But I liked that there was some depth underneath there with the, you know, watching how they react and reading the words and, and I guess trying to steer those conversations to get any, any sort of grain of information about the judge, the serial killer. So, uh, yeah, it's cool. But there was just some weird things thrown in there. Like I won't go into spoilers, but there's a few things that come your way that just really spun me out. I'll say one thing. You end up taking like a cat in a taxi fare like around town for some re- uh, re- random reason. Like the cat can't talk. Like it's not like I was it's gonna a, ask. <laughs> a humanoid cat, but it's sort of, it's almost like um, it understands the human interaction. Like you sort of ask the cat a few questions a few times and it kind of like tilts its head as if it's a yes. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? What is happening? Like no doubt it probably weaves into a, another plot line that I didn't explore during my sleuthing, but very strange, but didn't really break up the pacing, didn't really ruin the experience. So yeah, Night Call on Game Pass, done by Monkey Moon and Black Muffin. Check it out. It's on Steam if you if you don't have the old Game Pass. I think it's under 20 bucks on there too. So yeah, mm. if you've got some spare spare cheddar to throw at it and you want to play it on the PC, do it that way. Sounds good. Yeah. And then the next one I'm going to play this week is um, West of Dead, I think it's called. Oh. That one that Ron Perlman did the voiceover work for oh, that yeah. came out recently. That's the uh, that's the next plan of attack. I'm gonna be gonna be doing that one um, this week coming up, and then also playing some Ghost of Tsushima. So that's that's my plan this week. Full spoilers. Oh yeah, I forgot mm, that was coming mm, out. Mm. So many good games coming out. Mm, mm, mm. But yeah, Nightcall. Surprisingly, surprisingly fun. I had had little to no expectation because I'd never heard of it before. But mm. I like the art style. The, the sort of the box art on Game Pass drew me in, like that black and white detective noir type of vibe i'm like okay let's give this a spin and it was yeah. um pretty cool for a second there i thought that that's uh like an fmv video game i thought it was called night call but it might might be called something else so for a second then i thought you played it not yet give it time <laughs> 
Give it time. On the list. So any any you don't want to highlight anything in, in your Destiny Two experience this week? Nothing worth talking about. Um, they've released a bunch of new content. Um, a lot of them are focused in completing raids, which sucks for me as a person that's really never completed a raid before. <laughs> so, but I've actually had some of um some of my Destiny friends kind of like reach out and say like, yeah, we can take you through. Like, I haven't even completed the um, Leviathan raid, and I've I've got the I've got the quest sitting in my like you know inventory that's been sitting there from the very start. So I think mine. I'm still sitting there too yeah it's kind of sad so i've had a few friends um talking that they'll take me through it's more the um they're telling me the prophecy um is a bit of a pain in the butt so um they'll take me through that although other people are already soloing it which you get like your own emblem if you solo it so damn some yeah. people are just next level as far yeah. as their, their time they've invested and the, the level they're at now it's bananas Look, it's all on me. The fact that all that time that I actually loaded up Destiny, I was like, I could do this or I could just gambit. So that's on me. <laughs> Each their own. Each, Each their, their own. own. Yeah. I also got to gotta put my hand up and, and, and I'll, I'll publicly shout out to NATO and say, sorry, I haven't played GTA online with you yet. Um, oh. I actually went to, to download it this past week, but it's been taken off Game Pass. So it was some like brief timed exclusive, I guess, on, on Game Pass. So now I've got to drop... I think it's 50 bucks GTA 5 like it's it's cheaper than what it used to be it was like 100 bucks forever so they don't cross play do they no no because yeah. I've got it on PlayStation 4 um, I don't have, have got it, on, it on PC yeah I think I might have it on PC too uh, but yeah it's I've got to buy it on Xbox now and, and see what this uh, this GTA online experience is all about and, and get my money from from uh twitch i think from twitch prime or whatever it is you to partner up and get some or, or whatever they've got running but you get like a million million bucks and then a good chunk every month between now and when uh this enhanced version drops on the playstation 5 and whatever oh, else yeah. so yeah. i will get there nato but this is yeah me publicly putting the hand up and saying my bad I had full intentions to to make it happen but yeah just gotta buy it gotta download it and um yeah playing other games playing night call damn it I'm going to admit, I had no intention of playing it. <laughs> I have, I was deep into um, GTA Online like a, like a year or so back. Like I would play it every night and stuff. So I, I know there's a lot of new content in there. Like the casino is essentially how NATO's trying to drag you in. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like I've, I've had my run with it. It's tons of fun. But yeah, I've just got another game to play over and over <laughs> Again. fair call fair call we've, we've all got our vices mm. and uh yeah so so hopefully a couple of your listener the listeners out there and their new vice is obviously the hungry game show episode six will be dropping uh exclusively via timed access obviously at patreon.com forward slash we're 8 bit and uh, episode six sees andrew from a couple of npcs entering the trivia battle ring to tackle pokemon red slash pokemon blue so uh, let's see how he holds up in this game of wits and might and knowledge and see if he is the Pokemon trivia master this week on episode six. It will be following the week after with full release on the usual Hungry Gamers RSS feed. But yeah, if you want to get early access, obviously patreon.com forward slash we are 8 bit. And uh, every dollar earned through the Patreon, through our web store and uh, through any other form of donation between now and the end of July, we're donating every penny, every cent of that to obviously Black Lives Matter causes here within Australia and the United States. So yeah, if you want to throw some money behind us, it is a perfect time to do so because all that cash is going to some fantastic causes. So you've still got just under what, you've got three and a bit weeks or so to go before um, yeah August rolls around. So yeah, if you can spare a dollar, uh, do so. Patreon.com forward slash we are 8 bit. You'll get yourself early access to some podcasts as well as some other exclusive perks, but also be donating to some fantastic causes. Uh, but yeah, once you're done checking those out, obviously 8bit.net, 8bitnation.net are our main primary hubs. Be sure to join our Discord on there. You'll see the direct links to that at 8bitnation.net. And uh, once you're done checking that out, obviously head over to, over to audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au. Get yourself some sweet, sweet, sweet audio-based equipment. We're talking headphones, microphones, gaming headsets, turntables. You want in-ear headphones, you want over-ear, you want noise cancelling, you want Bluetooth. You got it all. You got it all from there. So uh, yeah, audiotechnica.com, audiotechnica.com.au to get yourself some sweet gear from there. And then once you've done that, lastly, 
please head on over to iTunes or Spotify or whatever your podcast player of choice is and be sure to rate, review, subscribe us as well as all the other podcasts on the hashtag 8 Collective or the other podcasts you're listening to on the regular because those ratings and reviews and subscriptions help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. It takes you no time, but it means an awful lot. We will love you forever for doing so. So please head on over to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. We love you. Shall we do some news? Let's. This week's news headlines. All right, Miss Hart, you ready for a couple of quick hitters? Let's go. The first one, Ubisoft officially acknowledges Far Cry 6 leak in a cheeky teaser, highlighting Giancarlo Esposito, aka Gus Fring from Breaking Bad, and maybe or maybe not, <laughs> Better Call Saul. <laughs> See, I know him from obviously Mandalorian, but also Community. Yes. Yes, best yes, episode. yes. Well, one of the best episodes. Pierce so. Hawthorne's brother. Yeah. 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 Phenomenal, phenomenal episode. Yeah, one one of the best of all time, hands down. 100%, especially as us gamers. Um, mm-hmm. Now, this uh, news comes off him just only very recently saying, like, I can confirm I have done some voice work for a very important, well, major, like, game franchise or whatever, but I can't say anything. And then, you know, and then Ubisoft have their event coming this weekend. Um, and then it got leaked. I mean, it's still great news. Um, but yeah, unfortunately it's leaked a bit early on the PlayStation store. I think it was Hong Kong first. It appeared. God damn you, Hong Kong. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, but like, I'm excited. Like if they could have picked any brilliant actor with an amazing commanding voice, it's him. So it seems like a very perfect fit, especially for the Far Cry franchise. Um, but I do feel bad for everyone that's worked on it that had the lead up and, you know, excitement to announce it this weekend only for it to be spoiled with a leak. So, yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? Like, I know people these days, and, and myself included sometimes, we have no patience. We want everything sort of mm. now, if possible. But when you see, as, as you touched on, this has been in the works for, for months, potentially years, and for it to be spoilt. 36 to 48 hours before this uh ub Mm. forward event it kind of sucks it takes a little bit of wind out of the sails but it doesn't i don't think it lessens the impact overall like this game's still going to be cool and and even just like the the little 11 second uh sort of teaser they highlighted on on their social accounts he's just got such a great like resting bastard face (laughs) like he can get so much emotion out of his face with just little movement of an eyebrow or yeah. like how his mouth's positioned or whatever. He's just got this type of power where he just draws you in with, with his expressions, even when he's doing nothing. And mm-hmm. you just know he's going to be this badass, cold, ruthless businessman in this that, that probably does a few things that make you drop your jaw to the floor. Mm. Uh, yeah. So Anton Castillo is his, is his name. Um, he's obviously playing the, the antagonist in Far Cry 6. I can't wait to see more of that. It's going to be dropping pretty much in parallel to when this episode is going to be dropping out. So, yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, I'm going to hypothesize and say it's, uh, it sounds good, it looks good, and I can't wait to try and take down Anton in Far Cry 6. But yeah, quick little leak there, but <laughs> still excited. The next one, Minecraft is getting an official cereal. Yes, you heard that right. Partnering with Kellogg's, you and your kiddos can soon devour a bowl of Creeper Crunch. Better yet, each box will also contain exclusive wearable in-game clothing. And there is one of 10, or well, there's 10 full items to collect. You get one code per box of Creeper Crunch. Sadly, it has not been confirmed if it's going to be available anywhere outside of the United States, but you could obviously drop ship this or buy it from those various American candy online stores once these hit the shelves. Hmm. You going to be buying some Creeper Crunch? I might, just for shits and or giggles. Um, looking at the flavor, it says it's like cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Um, with marshmallows, which is a good combo. I feel like they could have been a little bit more creative with like, because we're seeing a lot of green in there, obviously, because it is Creeper Crunch. You'd think they would have gone a bit more, you know, in relation to the color of a creeper, like your apples or your, what else is green? Lime? Ooh, lime cereal? Ooh. Mm. Even like um, the, the cinnamon pieces, like, maybe make them into little squares make them into like little dirt looking blocks and make them like a chocolate cinnamon or something i don't know yeah I get a bit of flavor that. pop in there yeah so the, the the green is the marshmallows that appears and then there's the actual cereal which is just a square with a hole in it mm. so yeah, they mailed not- that design in 
<laughs> I mean, to be honest, we have to admit that this is the most like, low-budget attempt of making a damn thing. Oh, Lucio's were just like Cheerios. circles or like Cheerios, <laughs> you know, so I guess that kind of also fits that category of, but like, uh, like over here, they'll do like, you know, cool runs of cereal, like they'll do Star Wars cereal or like Batman cereal where like the marshmallows are shaped like the, you know, the bat logo or like Star Wars, it's, you know, like certain like Star Wars characters. But with this, they're like, it's Minecraft, so everything's a square. Think Thinking back to our childhood and the mm. cereals, and I think the most exciting limited run that we might have seen here in Australia as far as blending pop culture brands with cereal might have been those like the, the Flintstones Fruity Pebbles. I think that's probably as extreme as it got for us as kids. I can't really think of like a Star Wars or Ninja Turtles cereal. Yeah, I can't think of like I don't think we really got hit with that. And did we actually get the Flintstones yeah, fruity pebbles? Good. Did we? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Like full disclosure, everyone. Like my mum was pretty harsh. I was only allowed wheat bix. So, um, you know, these wonderful memories of kids growing up eating cereals is something that I kind of missed out on. So. Yeah. It's, did Did she at least let you like put some toppings on your wheat bix, or was it just uh, like brown sugar? Okay, that's all right then. At least you're getting mm. a bit of flavor pop because wheat picks on their own can be a tough, tough it's, swallow. It really, and if you don't have enough milk in there too. Um, but it's sad now because like the other day, a friend posted a bowl of cereal, um, a bowl of wheat picks, and I was like, "Fuck, I could go some wheat picks." I don't mm. think they sell it here. I haven't seen it. They'd have some type of equivalent, but yeah, it wouldn't be the same. No, I guess not. Yeah. So, Did you ever try the Wheat Bix Bites over here? The little bite-sized ones and they've got fruit in them already? Oh, yeah, I That did. was so that good. That was so good. Oh. Yeah. I think they were like blueberry ones and like they had an apricot one too and they were just... Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. 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 What's your favorite cereal? Off track, but on track. I mean, like, oh, well, it's sad, but like right now, like this Trader Joe's Honey O's, which I guess are just Cheerios. <laughs> I like the I like the rhyming that they've got there, the wording. Trader Joe's honey o's. Yeah, so it's sad because like I I don't really eat cereals because I guess I didn't grow up with cereals. So yeah, I'll stick with my honey o's. I did try cinnamon toast crunch and that was really good, but it was really sweet. Is that so. the the Captain Crunch one? No, cinnamon toast crunch. It's like it's its own thing. Oh, okay. Nice. Mm. I haven't tried that one yet. Yeah, I, I never saw it in Australia. So, but when I came over here, everyone told me it was the one I had to try. So yeah, you you need to you need to buy just even just a small box of corn pops and try them for me, and yeah. let me let me live through you guys for a hot minute because <laughs> it's one of my all time favorites, and they don't sell them over here, but it is so yummy, uh, so yummy. Little golden balls of goodness. Golden balls of goodness. Ooh yeah. Speaking of goodness, did you know that Amazon? is making a fallout television show with Westworld creators Lisa Joy and Jonah Nolan at the helm uh, at time of recording here on Saturday, July 11th. There is no word yet on an approximate release date, overall show premise or actors, but this is kind of exciting. Um, they did just uh, a sneaky little teaser on the socials. This dropped, I think, just before we recorded episode 200. So this yeah. is probably a week old, this news, but it's still exciting and thought we might highlight it here and get your quick hot take on what you reckon about this will it be good you in so i don't the only fallout i've played is the um telephone app game um fallout shelter really I've actually yeah i've never played a fallout well, remember because like um when fallout 76 96 was that one 76 76 that was going to be my first fallout but because of the fallout of that release <laughs> um i didn't buy it i didn't play it you know so. what though fallout 76 is now included on xbox game pass as well so you could try Ooh, so it i've got nothing to lose <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to get back into it now that they've ironed out a lot of shit to yeah. be honest but in regards like i'm i'm not you know dumb blinded to the series or you know the franchise um i'd be very curious to see um how they said it where they said it will it be you know post like destruction or are they gonna go like after the effect or like are you gonna be in the actual shelter like but you know either way like it it's 
a good environment, it's essentially already set up for them. So for them, they've just got to find the right story to work on that, you know, everyone can enjoy that also isn't, you know, a gamer. So kind of like how they, you know, translated The Witcher and made it appeal like appealing to non-gamers and gamers alike. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... I think there's so much meat on that bone from a narrative's perspective and, and as you said, like they could set it leading up to the to the big bomb explosion, so normal life and then the panic sets in and then they've they've got to build the various Ooh. bloody you know, then they can be hiding away and, and then you time jump ahead to when maybe they break the door open and then sort of head out into the nuclear wasteland again. I don't really know if they're gonna directly follow one of the stories from one of the core games or if they're just gonna take source material and, and some liberties sprinkled in over the top as far as yeah. maybe writing their own you know they could take that lost route where it will be set like after the fact but there will be like everyone like there'll probably be like a few characters and whatever their story is will probably time jump into their past before so that's maybe where they'll go with that kind of story yeah i'm, I'm excited to see the the assortment of characters obviously mm. in the game you could have various party members you could have you know ghouls and bloody mutants and things rolling with you as well so I'm, I'm hoping that they keep all that type of stuff in where you are meeting a very varied assortment of monsters and just freakish looking people that have been infected and mutated over the years maybe you get mm. maybe hopefully dog meat gets uh gets a bit of love obviously your, your sidekick doggo that you can have rolling out with you but I'm really keen to see what they do with it because it could be could be something really special. Like you see, I guess you can sort of see examples of how it could play out with with some of the shows that are circulating on the airwaves now. But yeah, it just depends on, on what they do with it. But I love me some Westworld. I love what they did with Westworld, sorry. So Lisa Joy and Jonah Nolan sort of steering the ship leads me to feel quietly confident that it'll be done well. And um mm -hmm. Apparently, I can't remember the exact wording of what they call it, but they, this is sort of missing the pilot stage if, if Amazon fully green lights it once they see the initial concepts um, and once they see this thing fleshed out and it'll go straight to a series. So it's not going to go through that awkward piloting and then you know <laughs> pitching it to whoever to see if it's going to get the green light. I was going to say, it kind of frustrates me that it's an Amazon thing. Part of me secretly wished it was HBO. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like I uh, actually, another full confession, I have yet to watch The Boys. I know that the trailer for season two has just been like dropped. So I need a quick sticks um, watch season one. Yeah. You, um, you need but, to put down break uh, Better Call Soul and get on The Boys ASAP. The, on The Boys. Um, but yeah, is Amazon um, with their production? Is it like very graphic? Is it yeah, very? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it, I, I feel I feel confident that Amazon will do well. Like they're they're obviously knee deep in the Lord of the Rings franchise that they're trying to bring to the screen as well. Which oh, yeah. when I was reading a report on it the other day is apparently going to be like the most expensive television show ever made. Like sort of beating Game of Thrones. Yeah, taking over Game of Thrones apparently as far as the scope. So. They're throwing a lot of money and time behind it and thinking of exclusives on Amazon. Like The Boys was phenomenal. The Terror was really good to watch. Uh, and then thinking of like, what do I watch recently? Uploads on there. And then yeah. seeing things like uh, Fallout and yeah, Lord of the Rings. So they've got some pretty big um, globally renowned franchises that they're, they're partnering up with here. And hmm. you, you know, Amazon aren't short of a buck. So well, I think no, that, I think they're gonna plenty of money. Yeah, and and having a couple of pretty big names like Lisa Joy and Jonah Nolan attached, I feel like this could be pretty cool to watch. Mm. Oh, like, like I've seen enough of Westworld. Yes, that's another one that I've only barely watched anything of. Um, but like based on what I watched, it was pretty impressive. Um, so. Like, like I said, they've got a lot of stuff already set up for them. Like a lot of the hard work I feel like is kind of done. So it's just getting that story right. So Yeah. 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 Just as long as it doesn't become like almost another zombie survival horror show. That's that's my fear with this. Try and I avoid Yeah, try and avoid typecasting it too much and making it look like a, a, a slightly different copy of stuff like that. Have it sit mm. on its own is, is my big worry. But we'll see. Uh, hopefully, we get some more info in the coming months as far as the the plot, the the actors, and then a release date. I'm assuming we're probably three years out at this stage. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, it's it's going to be a little while, I think. But 
I don't mind. I'm happy to wait. But uh, for the rest of y'all, you don't have to wait too long, but mark this date in your calendar, Friday, July the 24th, and that's Australian, so uh, Thursday, July 23rd, for mm. you people around the rest of the world. Microsoft will be hosting a live stream showcasing Xbox Series X titles that are currently in development by their own studios. So uh, we are getting the full Xbox Series X game reveals. Uh, it's going to be uh, sort of bookended by... Uh, some Jeff Keighley Summer Game Fest uh, on the front and back. I think there's an hour pre-show before this thing kicks off and then they'll do a bit of a, a deep dive and an unpack afterwards. But yeah, a couple of weeks time, we're going to see some of these new and I guess updated uh, Xbox exclusives. We'll see some Halo and stuff like that as well as mm. maybe some brand new titles, which I cannot wait for. Yeah, like unfortunately Xbox's last event was like hit with, um, you know, the negativity on them trying to say that they were showing gameplay and then that whole kerfuffle on them only really showing like in-game cinematic, I guess. Um, so hopefully this event runs a bit better. Like, I mean, I love learning about all like new titles that are coming out and then essentially forgetting about them until they release and go, oh yeah, I remember that. Um, but you know, it's, I like these events. I like learning about the new stuff that's coming out. And I hope there's a good amount um, of like, you know, smaller indie developers because they've usually got the more impressive, unique stuff that's out there. So, and Halo, you know, good to see Halo and what they've got going on with that because the last trailer we saw of Halo was kind of a bit, you know, it was he was just um, in like the spaceship compartment and that was kind of it. Just chiefing. Just, just doing his chief and hashtag just chiefing. just chiefing. yeah but on, on the back of that sort of into a bit of a deeper cut uh for some news uh this this news article comes by way of tom phillips at eurogamer and the headline of this article reads microsoft eyes warner brothers interactive acquisition and the news article itself reads warner brothers interactive entertainment owner of studios such as rocksteady and netherrealm has a new suitor in its possible sale microsoft Last month, WBIE owner AT&T was reported to be seeking a sale of Warner's huge gaming division for around $4 billion USD in a bid to reduce company debts of $165 billion US. That is a lot of fucking debt. My goodness gracious. Take-Two, Electronic Arts and Activision Blizzard all initially expressed interest, but no deal was thought imminent. Last night, or earlier this week, a new report from the information stated Microsoft was also now eyeing up a purchase, according to sources at the company. Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment is a huge enterprise with more than a dozen studios located in the US and the UK. Among them are Rocksteady, which do Batman Arkham, or the Batman Arkham series, and now Suicide Squad, Netherrealm, which are known for Mortal Kombat, TT Games, known for the Lego offshoots, and then Monolith, which are most recently Shadow of Mordor, Avalanche, the upcoming Harry Potter game, and WB Games Montreal. Arkham Oranges? What the f what the hell's Arkham Oranges? Maybe that's meant to be Origins? Oh, yes. And, and WB Games Arkham Origins. Oranges, my God. Spell check Eurogamer. What are you doing? Anyway, Warner Brothers uh, various video game licenses for the DC Comics, Lego, Harry Potter, and Lord of the Rings franchises, plus top draw studio talent, would make the company an enticing prospect for any potential purchaser. The added draw for Microsoft, of course, would be the ability to make any of these games exclusive to Xbox. Although it has continued to publish Minecraft and other titles on PlayStation following acquisitions elsewhere. And while 4 billion USD is certainly not pocket change, Microsoft would certainly afford WBIE's price tag thanks to its own enormous war chest. Six years ago, the company famously paid $2.5 billion to acquire Minecraft maker Mojang. So I say, goddamn. Um, <laughs> first and foremost, I'd love to see this happen and then it almost becomes Xbox is the DC house and Sony's the Marvel house with the, obviously the Spider-Man rights and things. It makes too much sense and that drama writes itself. Microsoft, do it. I mean, it's true. It's honestly true. But even as the article states, like Microsoft ain't greedy. They're happy to like kind of make these games accessible by all consoles and, you know, all avenues. So even if they did take this on, um, I don't think they're going to like lock them to exclusivity. Maybe a title or two, maybe, but they won't lock everything up. I mean, and there's a good amount of titles in here. Like this isn't just some, you know, one game exclusive. There's a bunch like the Batman Arkham and like some of these games are currently in like production as far as we're aware like they've kind of 
you know, started, like the Harry Potter game, which everyone's been kind of waiting for, mm-hmm. and then whatever, you know, Batman. Yeah, this Suicide Squad <laughs> offshoot they're doing. Yeah, so, like, it, it, it seems like a no-brainer. Um, I think it would be good to go under the Microsoft banner. It feels safer. <laughs> um, I know you definitely wouldn't want to sit under, like, an Activision Blizzard banner just based on controversy. Same goes with Electronic Arts. Take-Two has you know kind of stumbled around in a few things so microsoft just seems like the best bet for like themselves and also just for anyone that works in um you know the warner brothers interactive group it would make me so happy to see this this happen and and i'm with you like i'd I'd understand maybe they sort of keep the the batman license or the arkham offshoots exclusive to xbox but things like your model combats and your lego games and things open that up to be multi-platform still because Mm. Yeah, you'd have a lot of players across other platforms still eager to continue that experience. So yeah, Harry Potter could be released across everything, but yeah, just just be bastards and hold that Arkham license or the Batman specific license to an Xbox or a Microsoft exclusive, like what they're doing with with Spider Man, which it just makes too much sense. They need they need this. They need the the console wars wars to get spicy and and have a couple of this where it's like, hey, I'm a Batman guy, so I play Xbox. I'm a Spider Man girl, so I play playstation you know like get some get some cool talking points going and get some hype yeah i guess yeah i guess you're right like we'll have to see how things turn over with this new console like you know generation just about to like slide in at the end of this year like is it going to be the same it's like unfortunately playstation still going to be superior or are we going to see a fair you know like a fair share between them two so mm. Only time will tell, but I, I do hope that Microsoft picks this one up. Yeah, they're, they're certainly doing doing all they can to, to build up their own studios and get a lot more exclusives. But something like mm. this would certainly add a lot more uh, a lot more power to their wallet, you know, with with exclusives and, and games that you wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. And, and with studios that are already well-renowned and well-established, as opposed to trying to build a few out from the ground up, if you can pick up your monoliths and your rock cities and stuff and just have them owned under your under the Microsoft banner. My goodness, that's uh that's exciting for the future. But four billion US dollars. I, I think that's probably a pretty reasonable sum considering the amount of talent and the studios mm. that uh that you get. So that's like more than more than a dozen studios overall in that gaming portfolio. So that's some good bang for your buck. Yeah, not to mention, like, whatever, like, if they have any involvement with it, but, like, you know, anything that could, you know, potentially come to be in the future. So, um, four billion seems like, you know, like us millionaires, four billion seems just fine. Seems like good value. How crazy is it, though, that, uh, yeah, they have, yeah, $165 billion worth of debt they're trying to work their way out of, like, my God. I know that's probably pretty common in in big business, but when you see those numbers in black and white, you're like, oh my god, it makes makes my my bum quiver. It, like it makes you wonder how something like AT and T, like, oh hang on, yeah, AT and T. Oh yeah, so it was AT and T that owned the actual, you know, WB. they own yeah WBIE. Yeah. So like I know that there's a lot of like, um, especially like on the YouTube side. Um, AT&T and Warner Entertainment kind of like being, you know, in charge of a few YouTube channels. So, and I know there's been a bit of confliction with that. So it's interesting to see them kind of saying, okay, this element we don't want. Well, well, we're we're trying to sell. Yeah, $4 billion. I'm really curious to see what happens. Like if the sale ultimately happens and if if someone like Microsoft does take take this smattering of studios because uh, Mm. it's exciting. Uh, it's it's better this way as opposed to these studios going under. There's, oh, exactly. There's obviously the other end of the spectrum. I doubt that would happen ultimately with some of the bigger ones, but yeah, some of the smaller studios in there could be could be sort of swallowed up or, or just closed down. I mean, Microsoft's been good for like taking on as many studios that they feel, I guess, the value's there. Like they've taken a few under their wing. Were they the first of the, you know, console wars to kind of step up and say we're taking on some, you know, companies under our banner? Yeah, it's got last, a name, doesn't it? Yeah, last year they they acquired a ton of studios mm. and then obviously built a few more with, with previous studio heads and whatnot. So they've got a they've got a pretty impressive Rolodex as far as um, studios that are under the the Microsoft Gaming Studios subset now. But if you could add add people like NetherRealm and, and whatnot in there, 
Uh, hell yeah, sign me up. Mortal Kombat 12 exclusive to Microsoft. No, but I think that opened it up. Ultimately, I think that opened that up. Yeah. All right. The last bit of news. Sony invests 250 million US dollars in Epic Games. Everyone's just throwing money and flexing their wallets this week. You you do 250 mil, we're going to do 4 billion. Suck that, Sony. It's, It's like, you know. I'll I'll take the check. Mine's you know they're they're bigger. both out of dinner. It's like no, I'll 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 get the check. No, I'll get the check. <laughs> but anyway, this comes via way of Rebecca Valentine at GamesIndustry.biz. Sony Corporation has invested two hundred and fifty million into Epic Games through one of its wholly owned subsidiaries, acquiring a minority interest in the company. In a press release, the investment was described as enabling the companies to broaden their existing collaboration across Sony's leading portfolio of entertainment assets and technology and Epic's social entertainment platform and digital ecosystem to create unique experiences for consumers and creators. My God, that just rolls off the tongue. Mm. The two companies recently collaborated in the gaming space on a trailer debuting Unreal Engine 5 running on the PlayStation 5, which highlighted some of the technological capabilities of next-generation development. Epic's powerful technology in areas such as graphics places them at the forefront of game engine development with Unreal Engine and other innovations, said Sony Corporation President and CEO Kenichiro Yoshida. Through our investment, we will explore opportunities for further collaboration with Epic to delight and bring value to consumers and the industry at large, not only in games, but also across the rapidly evolving digital entertainment space. End quote. My God, everyone's just throwing money around this week or allegedly throwing money around this week in, in the Microsoft and uh, Warner Brothers discussion. But this is a pretty yeah. sneaky, sneaky move here by Sony, would you like, say? I, I I would say, like, because this, this isn't just essentially, like, Epic Games and, you know, obviously all the kerfuffle that has happened with, you know, Epic Games Store exclusive and that kind of, you know, cesspool of argument that kind of happens but you know as like established later on where he talks about epic's technology as well as um like them being the forefront of game engine development like with unreal engine like that's that's a pretty big deal like a lot of like indie developers like and i mean like very very bare bones people that are really trying to break themselves into the industry are very familiar with unreal engine and like its potential so oh i hope that it doesn't put a major price tag on accessibility to Unreal. Maybe, maybe. Ooh. And at the other end, it's sort of funny that Sony now would be be getting ever so like slight clip of the ticket for any any Microsoft-owned studios that are using Unreal and have to pay the licensing to use the software oh, and their and their infrastructure. So so Sony have got the little cheeky cheeky smile going on at the poker table right now because uh they're getting some of their money. Yeah, it's a very curious play considering how Epic Store runs, which is um, a lot of a they essentially pay out to the you know game developers. They get a bigger cut, um, and Epic gains the exclusivity. So people, if they want to play the title, they have to go to Epic Store to play it. So, I mean, that in itself just seems like a good kind of like payoff for Sony to be a part of. Um, I wonder what this means for title availability on Epic. Yeah, I'm cu- I'm curious if we're going to see a little bit of a hybridization of, of the respective game stores. Like we'll see some of the Epic mm. functionality creep onto Sony's and some of the things that maybe Sony do- does well embed into the Epic store. Like I'd be very curious to see uh, how they're going to try and push traffic to, to either platform to, to yeah, maximize the, the share of wallet. Yeah, like... What's what's Epic's title? There's a, what's Fortnite. There? Oh, that's right. Just a little game called Fortnite. Um, oh, that in itself is a a smart purchase. So like they're um essentially a minority, like acquiring a minority interest in the company. So they 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 don't have the full thing, but they no, no. they have a good chunk. I'm assuming it, it equates to a few percent. Oh, I'm guessing because yeah. Epic Epic's value would be ridiculous just yes. on the back of um fortnite alone so i'm assuming it's probably a couple of percent no more than five maybe mm. yeah because yeah. if it's, it's, if it's, it's 10 percent, that's 2.5 million yeah so yeah. maybe five yeah it's like it's an interesting purchase it's a smart purchase because like un like unfortunately epic's like not you know going anywhere i definitely don't think it's seen a decline i've seen a lot of um indie 
like major exciting indie titles moving on to Epic, um, the Epic Games Store. So, you know, it, it's it's becoming a desired market through devs, and it's all fair. Like, you know, if you know you put the effort into making a game, and someone's offering to release your title on a storefront where you actually get more, you know, bang for your buck, then I mean, I would do it too. So, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I I think. Obviously, Steam still is the PC hub for gaming, but Epic is slowly but surely clawing a little bit of market share back at a time. Just mm. as you said, on the biggest thing is on the back of the revenue share that they have with the developers themselves. So, yeah, be really curious to see what's happening. But it's yeah, it's a very strategic partnership here, primarily around the the graphics engine and the the technology in, involved with the Unreal Engine. So it's exciting and very smart on Sony's behalf and. We'll see what, what happens with this, if there's going to be any change. I doubt it's going to be anything major. It's not going to sort of change the whole gaming landscape. But mm. yeah, it's just just smart and good to see great companies partnering up together to, to build the best gaming and the you know, offerings that they can. Yeah, I mean, with investment, they might actually give Epic even more pull to take on more titles. So Yeah, well, like obviously, you immediately think like obviously Horizon Zero Dawn's made its way to PC now. For future releases for those Sony exclusives, they're probably just going to be exclusively available on the Epic Game Store as opposed to things like Steam. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, um, you know, Death Stranding is about to drop on PC. That could, you know, for future things like that, yeah, it'll all be just via the Epic Game Store only as opposed to Steam. So, mm, thinking caps on. But yeah, that brings us to the uh, the end of the news. Uh, we've got a couple more things we want to rock and roll through here before we close down episode 201. Let's get into this, eh? Tweet of the week. And this tweet comes via way of at naughty underscore dog. And that is not an ill-disciplined canine. That is the, the game development studio, Naughty Dog, obviously who uh, were in the news for a lot of positive reasons uh, the past few weeks with the release of The Last of Us Part 2. And this tweet reads, Although we welcome critical discussion, we condemn any form of harassment or threats directed towards our team and cast. Their safety is our top priority but we must all work together to root out this type of behavior and maintain a constructive and compassionate discourse. So further explanation on the basis of this tweet, uh, Laura Bailey has been inundated with abuse, death threats, and just a copious amount of hostility and negativity and just these internet fuckwads that are just carrying on that she's ruined the game and, and you know, a whole heap of hostility and just really bad things getting thrown her way that you should never do. And so Naughty Dog and all the people involved, you know, you see a lot of the, the voice actors and just gaming personalities at large all coming together and saying, this isn't okay. And yeah, Naughty Dog being the, the sort of the main people behind this game that, that Laura Bailey was attached to as she played Abby, uh, getting in and, and, and I think describing it and sort of um, expressing what's right and wrong in a really clear and concise way with this tweet. But uh, what what do you think? You you've been sort of following up on what's been happening and seeing what's what's going on out there with all this hate. Yeah, um, Laura Bailey is just a beautiful ray of sunshine. She's just the sweetest person, and to see and like she did amazing with Abby. Um, and seeing the parallels between voice actress and character is very interesting too. But seeing the horrid evil bullshit that was coming her way i can't like i honestly can't fathom what person just thinks it's okay like like where where what went wrong in your life where you think that is perfectly fine and that's the part that i just can't understand that like i'm gonna like say obviously a good chunk is obviously juvenile so I'm not going to say it's okay, but like a lot of them have obviously grown up in a culture where, um, you know, condemning and, you know, harassing people, unfortunately, is starting to become a, like, oh, it's it's a normal thing that happens online. Like, you know, you just, you know, you have access to these people now so you can facelessly harass them. But like just any person that thinks it's okay to say such horrible, disgusting things to a person... I appreciate that Naughty Dog also said that they welcome critical discussion because I believe that there's always a misconception when it comes to um, I don't like your game or I didn't enjoy your game because of this. 
and like having an open discussion about it like i'm the queen for last of us like i said that i didn't enjoy it but i also acknowledge that it is a good game mm-hmm. like it's not for me but i can understand that it is for a lot of other people so i just i want everyone to kind of like take a look at this i'm going to assume none of our listeners are this horrible but just i think also when you see it like acknowledge it and maybe even kind of like nip it in the bud when you can like i i think what this like what this tweet is essentially saying is a lot of like a lot of people have to deal with it and they have to deal with it in silence they just kind of have to deal with the messages and just kind of delete through it i think what they're kind of saying is that this needs to be talked about and this needs to be stopped 100 percent. yeah we, we need to we need to unify and and work together for yeah if you do see people saying the wrong thing whether it be in real life online or whatever do what you can to try and correct that trajectory or just be like this isn't okay you know and that that's the tough part i guess with the internet too is the second you say that then that then they'll pile on you like, oh yeah fuck you and the same kind of stuff your way so it just becomes mm-hmm. this echo chamber of shit mm-hmm. but but it all just comes down to just trying to be better people like don't say it in the first place is the thing like yeah you might have some hard feelings towards a game or a property or whatever it is, you know, film, television, any anything from the art space, the creative art space might not have been exactly what you envisioned it to be, but that doesn't give you the right to then pile on an actor or a writer or, or a composer or whatever because it wasn't to the letter what you envisioned it to be. Like, look at it for the sum of its whole parts and, you know, judge judge it based off those merits as opposed to what, you want it to be internally like you've like as you said like the last was part two's it's not a game for you but you can appreciate and respect the amazing work that went into it and the the story and the the Mm -hmm. performances and things like that and that's how it needs to be it's critical discussion is key it's not just fuck you you should die because this isn't what i wanted it to be it's yeah you need to be more than that you can't just go to the low-hanging fruit and just throw the slurs and all this other shit into a melting pot straight away you need to think and process your feelings about why you might be feeling negative towards this thing and then yeah convey that in a way that's respectful but also can then have discussion going back and forth you know it needs to be a discussion yeah exactly right it's a discussion back and forth because using keep on using this as example i have obviously voiced my opinion of the game i've you know been very open and saying that i understand it's a game for everyone else but then it's you know obviously reception back to me like you you know most people are happy to have that conversation tell me why they like it and i love hearing why they like it i love hearing why they enjoy a game but then to always get hit with some of those people like oh you're an idiot like you know why don't you like this game you know you don't know what you're talking about kind of thing it's like well you know, I've said my piece and I understand why I don't, but not once do I dismiss your enjoyment of the game. Mm. So it's about just open conversation and being adult. Yeah. And, and it's human. funny, it's funny too, like, cause you, you think of all these creative arts pieces and spaces and like gaming almost just gets blanketed. Like every genre is just, you know, classified as gaming. And if you don't like that genre or that game, you're a hater. But when you think about when you broaden it out to like music, you know, not everyone likes jazz or rock or classical, but when you say you don't like it, people don't really pile on. They're just like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Like it's more accepting when you can sort of say mm. things in the other spaces, but the second you say it in, in gaming, it's like, yeah, you're not a gamer and blah, blah, blah. And then the yeah. that rage culture just sort of ignites. So yeah, just, just be more open. The fact that everybody is different, everyone has their own likes and dislikes and things that they want to get out of a video game and if it's not for you just just keep walking put your head down yeah. keep walking and just don't be dickheads and like geez we're in the golden age of gaming if you didn't like this thing guess what there is a bunch of other games for you to try and find one that you absolutely love so you know just open-minded have discussions you're allowed to think critically but like just realize that there's human beings on the other side of everything so yeah yeah violent violent threats death threats racism sexism all that kind of stuff that is never ever 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 okay no matter how wound up you are at the time or how you think oh it's just words like it's never okay so don't be saying that shit like 
look at it inwards before you say anything is is my sort of thought process would you like to have this thrown at you no well don't fucking say it you know like yeah. it's that simple so just be better and yeah just just try and remember that words have power and words have meaning and they can really fucking hurt and mm-hmm. you feel for the people that cop it to to this frequency you know it's oh yeah my goodness like like Laura Bailey's not the not the first and she sadly probably won't be the last person to cop wow. this type of uh, you know, internet sort of rage train. And I can only imagine what it would be like to have hundreds upon hundreds of people just all raining down saying that type of shit. And yeah, you know, hope hope her and everyone else that was sort of dealing with this off the back of it too is doing okay because yeah, it's not good. Be, be safe, be careful out there. Be better people. Mm. Don't be fuckheads. All right, let's move into the last part of the podcast new releases and events all right the first thing i wanted to bring up here snes classic donkey kong country is arriving on the nintendo switch this coming week via the nintendo switch online app as part of its 15th of july update see this is one of the best platformers from uh the snes era uh (laughs) done by rare who is now a now microsoft house funnily enough but uh yeah it's it's making its way via the switch online app as well as a few other titles uh the nes game the immortal and the uh, snes title natsumi championship wrestling all making its way to the nintendo switch online app that's part of the July 15th update. So get excited for that. There's a couple of other games coming out in this next uh, upcoming week. The one I wanted to highlight, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, PlayStation 4 exclusive, dropping July the 17th. But is there anything else that you're excited for this week? Gaming, film, television? What you got? Ooblets, ooblets, ooblets. Oh, I think that's how you say it, ooblets. Ooblets, yeah. Ooblets. Um this game has been in the making for ages. It looks cute as fuck. Um, cute little creatures that, you know, follow you around. You kind of, like, walk around town and, you know, it's just absolutely adorable. It's coming out Xbox One PC. Um, I think it's technically beta. I think they're kind of calling themselves, like, beta alpha, you know, kind of, like, not solid gaming. But um, it's it just looks adorable. I think think we've seen a trailer of it recently with um one of those indie um highlights i think it was in the feel good one i think it was in the feel good one yeah yeah so um yeah ooblets i i I have been waiting for it for so long it's coming out this week it's pretty crazy too two people are making this game so rebecca cordingly and ben wasser are the two behind this a little two-person indie game studio called glumberland but it does look cute as shit it's adorable as fuck i can't wait (laughs) yeah yeah, so it's it's a life simulator, uh, farming, town life, and creature collection is the uh, the aim of the game, and yeah, it looks adorable. So so maybe maybe I'll give our Ooblets a crack once I finish uh, slaying samurai and Ghost of Tsushima. But um, I lied. This was not the last part of the question. I've got a quick um, in the last part of the podcast. I've got a quick Ooh. question for you. Um, as as we sort of very briefly mentioned in episode two hundred, we wanted to try and maybe end each each episode with the question uh, i didn't have time to chuck it on the socials to get to get listener feedback uh and get some other answers but this this quick fire one from our boy maddie tilby obviously host of hoop dreams and uh king of the bop nation uh wants to know are you a folder or are you a scruncher oh the age-old question um i'm a folder me too you, you're gonna get more coverage so. Yeah, it makes no sense to me for people that just yeah, like heavy fisted grab a bit of bog roll and try and try and get all that poop on there. Like it, it just seems silly. So anyone that's it not seems folding, risky. Yeah, that's how you get poo on your hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, just like fold it neatly and you know, just cover, get more coverage and less likely to get the the poop on your fingers. Yeah, definitely folder for toilet paper. Definitely folder for tissues. I just any any paper based product or any soft. Wait, people scrunch their tissues for like their nose. Yeah, I think so. I think I figure it'd be one in all in really, wouldn't it be? People are just right. weird. These That's are the same iconic. people that are rage culturing against Laura Bailey and Co. They're the scrunches, I reckon. Uh, they got some yeah. scrunching Total mentality. <laughs> yeah, and um, toilet paper over always. Uh you know what? That thing wasn't really a thing ever for me growing up. Like I never really noticed it. And now because it's like 
been one of those hot debate items. I kind of like, I'm always like focusing on it now, like, because I think I'd never really cared or noticed. So now that I know that it's an issue, I'm always like, oh, I gotta make sure I do it right. I don't want people to think I'm a crazy yeah, person. Yeah, no, over always, always. It's just weird for me. Otherwise, I think when you're when you're doing it, uh, sort of pulling from underneath, you don't get a clear line of where the the, the toilet sheets break. So you, you you know can struggle sometimes to get a clean rip if you can't see where the little divider lines are. So over, oh. you always know where where that sheet begins and ends. I just like the way that it's always been a process of me to think is that you pull like pulling under just makes like kind of sense like you know tugging down as opposed to pulling across like a seatbelt I don't know I just to me it's never been an issue regardless which way it was done (laughs) (laughs) I have bigger things to worry about that's true that's very true whether I'm folding but yeah, send us send us in your questions. Hit us up at the DMs directly on 8-Bit. It's uh, at We Are 8-Bit. You can hit up individually at Brendan 8-Bit or at Miss Ali Hart or shoot us an email, hello at 8-Bit.net. Send us your questions. We can talk gaming. We can talk geek culture as a whole or maybe some rando life things like this. Yeah, so they can be quick, short fire questions. You want a little bit of a deeper story in there. Go right ahead. We're going to start tackling these questions at the tail end of every THG episode. And obviously, chuck your answers in at the same time too because we want to get that discussion going. So uh, yeah, I'm going to chuck this out into the internet and do a little tweet later. Want to know if you fold or you scrunch and we will uh, follow up and see the results next week on episode 202. But Miss Hart, is there anything else you want to say before we close this episode down? No, absolutely not. I'm done. I am cooking here. Just FYI, it's hitting summer in America and I am boiling. It's certainly not summer here. It's it's we're middle of winter here, but in Queensland it's still a nice twenty two odd degrees every day. So uh, I can no see issues. you wearing a hoodie. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah, just just my morning wear. Just my morning wear. I'm sitting here in my PJs, so I chucked a hoodie on over the top. And um, it's funny because I've got the aircon on and the hoodie going. So uh, oh, right. go figure. Makes all the sense in the world. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's it's freezing up here in Queensland during midwinter. Not. But I do miss the cold. And uh, hopefully all you people in Melbourne are staying safe because it is madness down there with COVID uh, running rampant through uh, Melbourne and Victoria. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you've seen the news, but yeah, Victoria yeah. Are cut off from the rest of the country. Yeah, I've seen that, but you know being in america like everything else just seems like a you know little a little drop in a pond compared to here oh it is a mess over there the the world is burning in america so Uh, so stay safe over there not only you miss Hart, but everyone else that we know over there be safe be smart wear your masks hand sanitize avoid contact with too many randos because my god it's it's got to get better over there soon surely nope god (laughs) so depressing it really is. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get out of here for another week. Uh, we'll see you next week for episode two hundred two. Much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to the Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture related podcasts from the Eight Bit Collective, over on eightbit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. So the first person to DM me with the buzzword "bop" will win themselves a free 8-bit t-shirt. So DM me on Twitter's at Brendan8bit with the code word BOP and you win yourself free tea. Let's see who's listening.